0: Greetings again, everyone. Thanks for coming. It's always good to know someone's listening. Today we're in Judges, chapter 9, I think, through 12. We're starting out talking about Abimelech. He slew his brethren, you know. And then we're moving on to chapter 10, where Israel's crying for deliverance. And then we move into chapter 11, and we read more about Jephthah. So let's get started with chapter 9. So, and Abimelech, the son of jerubbabel went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren, and communed with them, and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, whether is better for you either that all the sons of Jerubbabel, which are threescore and ten persons, reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem all these words and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, He is our brother. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Baal-bereth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And he went on to his father's house at Ophrah, and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubbaal being threescore and ten persons upon one stone. Notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest son of jerubbabel was left, for he hid himself. It's a great tragedy in Gideon's family, and it was the result of Gideon's polygamy. His concubine in Shechem gave birth to Abimelech, who killed, later on, seventy of his brothers. Now Gideon had strong leadership ability on the battlefield, but not so much in the home. God, on the other hand, places a greater importance on family. Under the new covenant, God commands no one be appointed as an overseer of God's people if they cannot manage themselves and their own household well. Gotta start somewhere. Verse 6, And all the men of Shechem gathered together, and all the house of Melo, and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. And when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim, and lift up his voice, and cried, and said unto them, Hearken unto me, you men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them, And they said unto the olive-tree, Reign thou over us. But the olive-tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness, wherewith by me they honor God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? And the trees said to the fig-tree, Come thou, and reign over us. But the fig-tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit, and go to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, Come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? So here the Hebrew word used for wine is tirosh, meaning new wine. Tiroche refers to fresh, pure juice from the grape, which is the produce of the vine. So maybe not so much wine as we know it today. Verse 14. Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou, and reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not let fire come out of the bramble, and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now therefore, if ye have done truly and sincerely, in that ye have made Abimelech king, and if ye have dealt well with Jerubbabel and his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands, for my father fought for you, and adventured his life far, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian, and ye are risen up against my father's house this day, and have slain his sons, threescore and ten persons, upon one stone, and have made Abimelech the son of his maidservant king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If ye then have dealt truly and sincerely with jerubbabel and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech, and devour the men of Shechem, and the house of Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem, and from the house of Milo, and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away, and fled, and went to Beer, and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech his brother. When Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel, then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. So God used a demonic spirit here to punish Abimelech and the men of Shechem for the murder of Gideon's sons. The evil spirit which came caused strife and mistrust and so many other issues, I'm sure. Okay, verse 24 that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jerubbabel might come, and their blood be laid upon Abimelech their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains, and they robbed all that came along that way by them. And it was told Abimelech. And Gal, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren, and went over to Shechem. And the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. And they went out into the fields, and gathered their vineyards, and trowed the grapes, and made merry, and went into the house of their god, and did eat, and drink, and cursed Abimelech. And Gal, the son of Abed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Is not he the son of jerubbabel and Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for why should we serve him? And would to God this people were under my hand, then would I remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, Increase thine army, and come out. And when Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gal, the son of Abed, his anger was kindled. And he sent messengers unto Abimelech, privily saying, Behold, Gaal, the son of Ebed, and his brethren, be come to Shechem, and behold, they fortify the city against thee. Now therefore, up by night, thou and the people that is with thee, and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be that in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, thou shalt rise early, and set upon the city, And, behold, when he and the people that is with him come out against thee, then mayest thou do to them as thou shalt find occasion. And Abimelech rose up, and all the people that were with him by night, and they laid wait against Shechem in four companies. And Gal, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And Abimelech rose up, and the people that were with him, from lying in wait. And when Gal saw the people, he said to Zebul, Behold, there come people down from the top of the mountains. And Zebul said unto him, Thou seest the shadow of the mountains, as if they were men. And Gal spoke again and said, See, there come people down by the middle of the land, and another company come along by the plain of Mionem, then said Zebul unto him, Where is now thy mouth? Wherewith thou saidst, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Is not this the people that thou hast despised? Go out, I pray now, and fight with them. And Gael went out before the men of Shechem, and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him, and he fled before him, and many were overthrown and wounded even unto the entering of the gate and abimelech dwelt at avramah and zebul thrust out gal and his brethren that they should not dwell in shechem and it came to pass on the morrow that the people went out into the field and they told abimelech and he took the people and divided them into 3 companies and laid wait in the field and looked and behold the people were come forth out of the city and he rose up against them, and smote them. And Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward, and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And the other two companies ran upon all the people that were in the fields, and slew them. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city, and slew the people that was therein, and beat down the city and sowed it with salt. And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard that, they entered into a hold of the house of the god of Berith. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech gat him up to Mount Zalmon, he and all the people that were with him, And Abimelech took an axe in his hand, and cut down a bough from the trees, and took it, and laid it on his shoulder, and said unto the people that were with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste, and do as I have done. And all the people likewise cut down every man his bough, and followed Abimelech, and put them to the hold, and set the hold on fire upon them. So that all the men of the tower of Shechem died also about a thousand men and women, then went Abimelech to Thebez and encamped against Thebez and took it. but there was a strong tower within the city, and thither fled all the men and women and all they of the city, and shut it to them, and gapped them up to the top of the tower and Abimelech came unto the tower and fought against it, and went hard. "'onto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. "'And a certain woman cast a piece of millstone "'upon Abimelech's head, and all to break his skull. "'Then he called hastily unto the young man his armor-bearer, "'and said unto him, Draw thy sword and slay me, "'that men say not of me. A woman slew him.' "'And so his young man thrust him through, and he died.' And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. Thus God rendered the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did unto his father in slaying his seventy brethren. And all the evil of the men of Shechem did God render upon their heads. And upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel. Okay, now we're moving on to chapter 10. Here is where Israel begins to cry out for deliverance again. And And after Abimelech there arose to defend Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar. And he dwelt in Shamir in Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty and three years and died and was buried in Shamir. And after him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and judged Israel twenty, and two years. And he had thirty sons that rode on thirty colts, and they had thirty cities, which are called Havoth-Jair unto this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died, and was buried in Caman. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam, and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria, and the gods of Sidon, And the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord, and served not him. So we see here, again, the Israelites are moving away from the Lord. They're serving other gods, the gods of those who are living around them. In the Canaanite region, one who was devoted to his or her gods could indulge in cold prostitution, as a fertility ritual. In seeking fertility from false gods, religion and immoral sexual activities and pleasures are suddenly compatible. There are also those who teach Christian love and sexual fulfillment are compatible sometimes outside of the marriage covenant. They allege that because salvation is free grace, grace covers all sins. So, they suggest such conduct isn't really sin at all. But... Those of us who know this is a perversion of God's redemption for his people, and it must be rejected by those who are seeking to be loyal to God and his word. God's word never changes. He never changes. And there is a way that he has for us, a way that is right, and he calls us to walk in that way. Okay. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel, eighteen years, all the children of Israel that were on the other side Jordan, in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah, and against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore, distressed. The anger of the Lord was hot here. Anger at sin and wickedness is a real response of God's holiness, an expression of his goodness and his love for righteousness. When we experience anger at sin, cruelty, or injustice The anger isn't a sin if it is sharing in God's love for righteousness and hatred of evil. It is sinful if the anger causes an unrighteous response. But there is an anger that is not sin. In fact, the Bible even tells us, Be ye angry, but sin not. If we love the things that God loves, we will also hate the things that God hates. So, Now, in this area here, we're dealing with the Philistines and the children of Ammon. While Jephthah was dealing with the Ammonites on the east side of Jordan, Samson was dealing with the Philistines on the west side. We see all of this is just another indication that the times of some of the judges did overlap, in fact. Just a neat little fact there. Okay, verse 10. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee both because we have forsaken our God and also we have served Balaam. And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines, the Zidonians also, and the Amalekites and the Maonites, did oppress you? And ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. God takes us, out of situations, he delivers us from things. We have to be careful we don't wind up going back to those things and situations and places and people that God has removed. Verse 13 Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods, wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen, let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together, and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together, and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So the Israelites deserved the affliction and the suffering they were going through. But God was still moved by their misery and their repentance, Their suffering and their plight grieved his heart, just like we grieve as parents when our children are injured or when something happens that brings them sorrow. God was brokenhearted by their troubles, moved by compassion to be merciful towards them. God's mercies are available to every one of us. When we are suffering consequences of bad actions, bad decisions, things we shouldn't have said or done, places we shouldn't have gone. If we repent, if we seek his forgiveness, God has tender mercies for us. We can depend on God to be touched by our own misery and suffering. He was a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with all of the challenges and the trials and tribulations we face, and then even more. He will have pity on us. He will restore us to a place of fellowship and blessing, but we must come to him with a broken and contrite heart. We must be willing, because his compassion for a lost world, remember, removed it moved him so much. He came in the flesh, Jesus, the Son of God, to reconcile us to himself. Okay, we're going to move on to chapter 11 now which is Jephthah, and then I think we'll call it a day. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come, and be our captain.' that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me, and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now, when ye are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us, and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead, And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went out with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land, when they came up out of Egypt, from Arnon, even unto Jabbok, and unto Jordan. Now, therefore, restore those lands again, peaceably. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, and walked through the wilderness, unto the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent. And Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness, and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab. For Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land, into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country, and they possessed all the coasts of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now The Lord God of Israel hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh, thy God, giveth thee to possess? So, whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. And now art thou anything better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon, and her towns, and in Aroer, and her towns, and in all the cities that be along by the coasts of Arnon three hundred years, why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me, the Lord, the Judge be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah which he sent him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt, without fail, deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Aroer even till thou come to Minith, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, His daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. Forasmuch as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountains, and bewail my virginity. I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went away with her companions, and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months, that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed. And she knew no man. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of jephthah the gileadite four days in a year you, know, you read that part and it seems apparent that jephthah didn't physically sacrifice his daughter's life i mean he would have been acquainted with god's law sternly forbidding human sacrifice he would know that god considered such an action an intolerable abomination It also says that his daughter, she knew no man, so she wasn't married. She was clearly presented to God as a living sacrifice. She was devoting her entire life to chastity and service at the sanctuary. And yet you also read this, and it's a reminder to be really careful what we vow. The New Testament tells us, let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay. Here they talk about how this was his only child, and I kind of, I read this, and I look at it and think, how could he not expect whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house if he only has one child? <laughs> and yet he was faithful, and his daughter was understanding and faithful, and the vow was kept. Again, I think as we read this, we can really Strive to remember, to listen for God, to follow his leading, and to, again, be wise with the words that we choose to speak and those vows that we choose to make. Until next time, may your day be greatly blessed.